Hey everyone, I'm Jaden. And I'm Noah. And we are the Super Gamer Bros, and this is the Super Gamer Bros Podcast. We're just a couple of brothers who love playing games and love talking about games, so that's what we do. And today, Noah, uh, we are talking about Pokemon Fire Red and Pokemon Leaf Green. Uh, that's true. For many in our generation and, you know, those of us who grew up in the 2000s and 2010s might, well, 2010s might be a little bit later, but they might know that Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green was pretty much everybody's introduction to the series. Well, I wouldn't say everybody. Um, I don't know who everybody is. Like everybody we true. knew, I at least everybody we knew, I would say that's true. But I would say it was the most popular Pokemon game or maybe the one that boosted it the most. I mean, again, as far as people we knew, I agree with you, but overall, I I Well, I mean, this is like how we received it. This is our viewpoint, our podcast yeah etc but well i'm just saying you when you say overall i feel like that implies to the overall general gaming population general pokemon population i feel yeah, no, like that is yeah I just, I just feel like in that, that that is not true i just i can't agree with you on that i feel like fire Red and leaf king probably in the overall pokemon community were very um uh what's the word uh non-essential the reason being uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Fire Red and Leaf Green are remakes of the original first-generation Pokemon games, Pokemon Red and Blue. Red and Blue, I believe in America, uh, came out in 98, 1998. Uh, and Fire Red and Leaf Green uh, were remakes released after uh, third-generation Pokemon games. So it's, they're technically considered third-gen games, uh, if you kind of look at the overall Pokemon timeline. Uh, but they were remakes of the first generation games, uh, Red and Blue. So despite the fact that we actually, uh, we obviously grew up as Pokemon fans, we had the cards, we watched the show, we played the games. So despite the fact that we were growing up when third generation was, I would say, was the most recent, we did grow up playing and knowing, uh, recognizing mo uh, most first generation because we played these remakes. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I always thought it's it's very funny um, our experience with Pokemon because we grew up we were playing uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, so the first gen remakes. Also, a friend of ours had given us his copy of Pokemon Gold, so we were also playing second gen. And then on TV, we were watching mainly third generation, and when we were a little bit older, fourth generation uh, Pokemon TV series. So we actually kind of got all four of those generations at once. Yeah, it wasn't on time. I feel like it goes without saying, but obviously we will not talk about Red and Blue specifically because pretty much everything that is in Red and Blue is is in these games. You know, like they certainly didn't take anything out. As far as I'm aware, when they remade them, they did add extra stuff that we will note if it is exclusive to the remakes um, and not in the originals because, you know, just for, I, I don't know, consistency's sake. And yeah, that's Pokemon. No, I don't know if you had anything to add or you just wanted to get into it. Let's just get into it then. Uh, so, uh, you know, start with the setting. Uh, obviously, first generation uh, takes place in the Kanto region of the Pokemon world. Uh, I feel like, I mean, again, I guess I can't say overall, but certainly one of the most recognizable, I feel like, gaming maps, gaming locations of all time, uh, the Kanto region. Yeah, I, I don't know. This, I, I just have here, Noah, the a very long list of locations in the game because there are a lot. I mean, I think it's without argument that the Kanto region is the most recognizable region in Pokemon. No, I absolutely agree with that. I think, I feel like, I don't even know what the second most recognized would be, because I honestly can't even say that it's the second gen region. I, I feel like it's not, I, I don't know, I feel like it's not, I believe Johto is the second gen region. Sinnoh. I feel like it's not that, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, I, no, I don't know. How, how, did you, how would you want to do this? Like, do we just want to list off every location? Because the, I should say the um, story synopsis is very brief in for this because, you know, it, it's not, there's not really too much story-wise uh, 
that needs to be like described. You know, it's a very story minimal game. Pokemon is and kind of it always has been. Yeah. Um. I guess just read through it and note anything about specific ones you think are noteworthy. Like, okay. Obviously, Pallet Town is probably the most infamous town in all of Pokemon. Exactly. Pallet Town, where you start your journey. Uh, and then you head to Viridian City, uh, Viridian Forest, uh, Pewter City, uh, which also, I guess, you know, um, no, I, I put in Ashes here. Uh, the gym leader names for all the cities with gyms, in case you didn't remember, just give you a quick refresher. Yeah, um, I only know Brock and Misty. Yes. And Giovanni, of course. Of course. And I do like um I I do like that um even as far back as the first generation of Pokemon, there are a lot, a lot of different areas in uh the game. Uh one thing I don't list here are all the routes, because there are like a bunch of routes, and those are just, you know, basically little roads traveling to like between different towns and cities. Uh most all of the routes are unique amongst themselves and like i would say no two routes are exactly like they're different they have different trainers with different pokemon uh a different kind of uh catches to get through them uh all that good stuff yeah but i wouldn't list them yeah, as no, unique no, I mean, locations no because they're all literally just numbered like route two route four route 22 you know it's they're just i absolutely did not list all of them uh but you know you go through forests you go through mountains you go through caves uh haunted tower uh business a hidden base water just through just surfing through water uh you know to islands a bunch of different locations which is really really cool i can really respect the variety of locations uh in you know pokemon uh all the way back to gen one so you know, obviously uh mount moon famous location where you get your uh, uh fossil the fossil pokemon uh one of the coolest yet most useless things in the poke in the first gen pokemon games absolutely uh then you go to cerulean city then vermilion city uh where the ss Anne is located it's a ship you go on fight team rocket there uh very i think iconic location uh diglett's cave which of all the locations here is the only i'm pretty sure optional location uh it's very dark and i believe it kind of acts as like a shortcut connecting two areas but you do not have to explore it i don't think there's any story necessary item that you find in there i i yeah, I never would go there because you never That's had to. That's weird. I thought you had to go there, and I I went there every time. Uh, I'm pretty and sure. I you'd... just would walk along the edges. It was yeah. a pain in the butt. Yeah. I just thought it was really hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, there might be some like you know a, a cool item you can get in there that you can use for something, but I don't think there's anything. And and obviously, probably some um unique Pokemon. But in terms of like completing the game doing the minimum you have to do you do not have to go there at all uh rock tunnel uh lavender town one of the most famous locations in pokemon pokemon tower ghost pokemon uh cubone's mom it's all very sad uh celadon city which is home to the uh a casino where you can gamble uh and uh inside that casino hidden hidden uh team rocket base uh saffron city home to Silphco, which is again a uh, team rocket well, Team Rocket, I think, is, is attacking that place. I don't think it's, like, secretly run by them. Uh, Fuchsia City, which has the Safari Zone, obviously another iconic location. Uh, you cannot take your Pokemon into the Safari Zone. You only get 30 Safari Balls, and you can use bait uh, to try to catch Pokemon. Uh, the Power Plant, uh, also, I guess that is an optional location, uh, location of one of the three legendary bird Pokemon, Zapdos. Uh, you do not have to go there to complete story. Uh, the Seafoam Islands, uh, you have to travel through there to get to Cinnabar Island, where uh, you find the Pokemon Mansion and uh, your seventh gym leader. Then you return to Viridian, head to Victory Road, the Indigo Plateau, where you fight the Elite Four. And that's also, after you beat the game, uh, remake exclusive. Uh, you also have the uh, Sevi Islands, uh, which are quite, you know, creatively named One Island, Two Island, and Three Island. And that's Pokemon, the cool. map. Yeah, it's certainly one of those games that, you know, we were younger, played through so many times that I can very clearly remember, like, everything about this game. I can remember every location, what they look like, all the gym leaders. Uh, really cool, really cool uh, the, uh, uh, map. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, it's a fantastic map. A lot of, like you said, reading the list, a lot of really iconic locations. 
and it is a uh, you know pretty linear. Uh, I do like the way that it circles back around on itself. Uh, I think that's like a cool uh, thing they did. I like that too. In uh, fast travel, makes uh, going through the game a lot easier. That is correct. It, it would be very annoying if you had to actually uh, physically run, bike, walk to every location. Thankfully, we don't have to do that. So, yeah. And do you remember? Noah, uh, one, two, and three island. I'm curious because those are. I have vague memories. Okay. Of doing things after beating the elite four. Yeah, it's um. I won't say they're fun. They exist. Like they're not bad. I guess you can catch you know Pokemon from later generations there because obviously it was added in the remake, so they can include those Pokemon. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, again, though, it's kind of pointless. Well, uh, kind of pointless because by that point, you've already beaten the Elite Four. And I guess you can re-challenge the Elite Four, but who cares? Anyway, now we get to the story. Uh, for the sake of the story descriptions, uh, I use the name Red for the player character and Blue for the rival because that's like their game official names, I guess you could say. Right? No, you follow That's along? canon. Yeah, but you know, you can name your character and your rival whatever you want. Well, yeah, but there's a whole show where about red and blue. I mean, it's a four-episode miniseries. I wouldn't say it's a whole show. Okay, but that's the premise of the first game. Yeah. They were red and blue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, the silent protagonist of Fire Red Leaf Green is a child named Red who lives in a small town named Pallet Town. Uh, after players start a journey and venture alone into tall grass, a voice warns them to stop. Professor Oak, a famous Pokemon researcher, explains to Red that such grass is often the habitat of wild Pokemon, and encountering them alone can be very dangerous. He takes Red to his laboratory, where they meet Oak's grandson, Blue, another aspiring Pokemon trainer. Red and Blue are both instructed to select a starter Pokemon for their travels, and Blue then challenges Red to a Pokemon battle with their newly obtained Pokemon, and he continues to battle Red at certain points throughout the games. Um, I feel the need to warn you, Noah, and I guess anyone listening, that um, the description of the plot is described to someone who has never heard of what Pokemon is, so some very basic things will be explained here. Why don't just, you grease it? I did grease it, I just didn't change it. No, I mean right now. Oh. Uh, padding for time? Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, after reaching the next city, the player is asked to deliver a parcel to Professor Oak. Upon returning to the laboratory, they are presented with a Pokedex, a high-tech encyclopedia that records the entries of Pokemon that are captured. Oak then asks the player to fulfill his dream of compiling a comprehensive list of every Pokemon in the game. Uh, while visiting the region's cities, the player encounters special establishments called Pokemon Gyms. Uh, inside these buildings are gym leaders, each of whom the player must defeat in a Pokemon battle to obtain a gym badge. Once a total of eight badges are acquired, the player is given permission to enter the Pokemon League, which consists of the best trainers in the region. Uh, there, the player battles the Elite Four, uh, who are, you know, the, yeah, the best. Uh, also throughout the game, uh, the player has to fight against the forces of Team Rocket, a criminal organization that abuses Pokemon. Uh, they devise numerous plans to steal rare Pokemon, all of which the player must foil, meeting and defeating the organization boss, Giovanni. And I guess I, I do want to go back here. I just kind of explain, I just, I don't know, explain, just talk about the different um, uh, uh, gym leaders. You know, so first you fight uh, Brock, the rock type gym leader, and then Misty, water type. Uh, both Brock and Misty, incredibly uh, famous, well known for the anime uh, more than the game, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then, of course, you have Lieutenant Surge, the Electric-type trainer, uh, Erica, Grass-type, Sabrina, Psychic-type, Koga, Poison-type gym leader, uh, Blaine, Fire-type, and, of course, top 10 greatest, uh, I don't know what you call it, like, shockers, surprises in video game history. The Viridian City gym leader is none other than Giovanni himself, the leader of Team Rocket. It was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. Uh, and then when you head to the Elite Four, you have the four members, Lorelei, Ice Member, Bruno, uh, Fighting, Agatha, Ghost, and Lance, the Dragon Master. Everybody loves Lance. The Elite Four were the real bad guys this game. Yeah. And then, of course, after you beat Lance, it is revealed, shocking, oh my god, what? Someone just happened to beat Lance like two minutes before you did. And it turns out that that person is Blue. So then you battle Blue to determine 
who will then be the uh, actual champion of the Kanto League. Crazy, right? Um, and then that's a great story. Yeah, and that's that's the story of Pokemon Red and Blue, and the main story of Fire Red and Leaf Green. Uh, after you beat the Elite Four for the first time, uh, one of the members, Lorelei, disappears. Uh, after gaining access to the Sevi Islands, an entirely new region, the player discovers Lorelei in her house and convinces her to come back. Uh, in every Pokemon game, after you beat the Elite Four, you can just you can challenge the Elite Four again, and they have higher level Pokemon, uh, tougher to beat, and you can uh, challenge them an infinite number of times. I don't know about any other remakes specifically. I'm sure the main game series it, it isn't like this, but in Fire Red Leaf Green, you have to actually go find Lorelei before you can challenge the Elite Four again, which is not something that, as far as up to this point, had ever been done before. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so then, uh, on the Sevi Islands, the protagonist must once again thwart Team Rocket's plans on several occasions, and then recover two artifacts, the Ruby and the Sapphire, uh, and put them in the main computer at one island, uh, which, once that is done, it allows the player to trade with uh, other people that are using Pokemon's Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, as well as Pokemon Colosseum and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, other games. Those are different games for people. That's very know. random. Uh, what do you mean? All those games that you can trade with. Well, the third gen games, you know, they came out same generation Pokemon. Colosseum and XD? They're technically, I mean, they're side games, but they did come out before fourth know. gen. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, fun, fun things to learn, Noah. Great games. Great game. Well, one of them is. And yeah, that's the story. Very basic. I feel like that's one, if any, constant, um, critique on Pokemon games is that the stories are very simple. Uh, they do get more complicated. Uh, I would say 5th Gen has the most complicated uh, story of any of the Pokemon generations. Uh, and I, in my opinion, the best, but that's not we're not talking about that. Uh, but you know, I feel with 1st Gen, it's about as basic as you can get You know, for a 10-year-old taking down a dangerous criminal organization. Yeah, that's true. Um... All the NPC dialogue and uh, the writing, it's all simple. Mm -hmm. You know, meant to get the plot across. Yeah. We are Team Rocket, let's battle, you know? It's, uh, I mean, it's fun, I think. Uh, I, I do like the fact that we did technically start with first-generation Pokemon in the games. Um, you know, most people, usually anyone's favorite generation of Pokemon is the first one they played. I, I don't I'm not saying that this is my favorite generation but it's still I thought it was cool like it was I remember just because we were so young when we played and watched being so confused about watching the third gen anime and playing the first gen games and being like where are all these Pokemon we like like where you know where's this guy and this guy and not realizing that how the generations really worked yeah it was complicated because the show did the same thing where it like ties generations into like different seasons or shows in and of themselves yes so now the shows are a whole mess of you know a conglomeration of timelines and storylines and yeah. different generations and pokemon groups and locations just like the games yeah. are now yeah and the games certainly get way way more complicated first gen um even the remakes are uh about as simple as pokemon gets um but again, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I love first gen. I absolutely love uh, Fire Red, Leaf Green. We initially had Leaf Green, um, and then Noah stole Fire Red from a friend of ours in high school. It was probably more like borrowed indefinitely. Yeah, exactly. Poor Abiel, man. Not quite the same as theft. I would argue that's exactly what it is. Uh, like you, you took it from him and never gave it back. That's not true. Uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, that's, again, that's the story. In Pokemon, uh, story is not the focus. I mean, I don't, really, it doesn't matter what generation you're playing. Nobody really plays Pokemon for the story. They play it for the gameplay. Noah, why don't you tell us about the gameplay? Um, Fire Red and Leaf Green are a third-person overhead perspective. 
The main screen is an overworld in which the player navigates the protagonist. The player can walk initially only and then run after obtaining certain shoes and bike after getting a bike. Which I will just say here, uh, the running shoes, not in the original first-gen games, these are exclusive oh. to the remake. Yeah, the original Red and Blue, wow. you could not run. I did That's not a... know that. That's a good yeah. note. Yeah, it's a slow game. Jeez. Like, there are um, uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, older Pokemon fans I know that, like, hey, first-gen is awesome. It started it all. Never play in a first-gen game again for the simple fact of it is very slow because you cannot run. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, moving on from that. Right, so that's just movement. Um, so then there's also combat. So when the player encounters a wild Pokemon or is challenged by a trainer, the screen switches to a turn-based battle screen that displays the player's Pokemon and the engaged Pokemon. During a battle, the player may select a move for their Pokemon to perform, use an item, switch their active Pokemon, or attempt to flee. Uh, all Pokemon have hit points, the HP. When the HP is zero, it faints, and it can no longer battle until it is revived. Um, it can be uh, revived using an item or at one of the focus centers, uh, a place for uh, healing your Pokemon. Uh, we all know about that. You know, we know Nurse Joy from the show and whatnot. But obviously, if all of your Pokemon or an opponent's Pokemon faint, then that person loses the battle and the other person gives up money traditionally. If the player wins, his Pokemon gets XP, um, which will allow that Pokemon to level up and eventually evolve. Huge facet of the Pokemon as they are wild creatures is that each of them has a unique type or types attached to them. Uh, for instance, the three starter types are a great example of how the type, uh, type coverage works in the game. It's kind of like a rock, paper, scissors, you know. One type is has advantage on another type, but disadvantage against another, you know. Uh, so there's Charizard, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. Did I say Charizard? Uh, Charmander, Squirtle, and uh, Bulbasaur being fire, water, and grass, respectively. And so that kind of introduces the player to the most important facet of the combat, which is going to be the type coverage using Pokemon that are super effective against your opponents is the biggest thing that will help you in combat. Uh, Besides, I guess, just being extremely overleveled. Yeah. And obviously, you know, types, uh, again, you can't think of Pokemon without thinking about types. In the uh, first-gen games, there are 15 different types. Uh, in the remake, uh, you know, third-gen remakes, there are additional types added that I believe if any of the, any Pokemon that changed types kept those changes despite it being a first-gen remake. That's just important, I guess. Yeah, I don't... I can't remember if like any if of the... type was changed in this game, it stayed that way in future games? Is that what you're saying? No, like, if... in, For example, uh, like, Dark-type did not exist in first-gen. So, oh. if there was a move say that was not initially a dark type move because that move didn't because that type didn't exist in first gen for example bite is a very famous dark type attack in first generation pokemon games it was a normal type attack because dark type did not exist but in the remakes it is a dark type attack like they didn't you know revert it back for the sake of it being a remake and the same is true for any i don't know if there are any first generation pokemon whose types were changed in second and third gen uh, but if they were, like, you know, like a type added, like, oh, you know, this Pokemon was a normal type, but actually it's it's a dark type. That type just didn't exist at the time. Then it would have kept the new typing and not been reverted back to the old. But I'm absolutely drawing a blank on if there are any Pokemon like that in first gen. Yeah, I don't know specifically. Yeah. Anyway. Why don't you name a few of the types? Oh, sure. Yeah. So there are 15, which is a lot. I think 
since the initial like Pokemon generation, since Gen 1, they have added three. I know for a fact three at the top of my head I can think of, which for being, you know, at this point over 25 years old since the original Pokemon, uh, only adding three types, that's a pretty solid system I think they had in place there. Yeah, not uh, bad. Yeah, so as you mentioned, you know, um, Grass, Water, Fire, the starter type Pokemon, very simple. You know, there's uh, Psychic, there's Ghost, there's Electric, Fighting, Poison, uh, Dragon, Bug, you know, uh, Flying, you know, a bunch of different types. And as you said, yeah, it is 15 of them. It's a long list. Um, And as you said, there's a a Rock, Paper, Scissors mechanic. Some types are super effective against others. Uh, Like, I'll use, like, uh, uh, Water. Uh, as an example, water. It is weak to grass, so grass does double damage to water. It is super effective on ground, so it does double damage to ground. It is resistant to fire, so fire actually does half damage to a water-type Pokemon. Uh, and just like, yeah, so you know, it, it is like, it's something you absolutely have to think about uh, at all times. Um, right, I, it definitely affects the combat severely. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, fun story about that later about types just because i uh just from us being kind of stupid when we were younger um also real quick want to talk about tms and hms uh tms are called uh, which are uh, technical machines and hms hidden machines they're basically like these little discs that uh, like they let you teach moves to pokemon i don't the science behind it isn't really explained but tms um not every move can be learned this way, but uh, quite a few of them can. And the TMs, uh, you can use them once to teach one Pokemon, one move, like whatever that move is, and then it's gone forever. Uh, and for the most part, in pretty much every Pokemon game, um, you can find them once, and that's it. So you, for a lot of moves, it's you, you get one chance to teach it to a Pokemon, so don't screw it up. I believe in later games, you can buy them. But the list of the ones you can buy is, you know, limited. It's not like every possible TM you can buy. It's the more, uh, like the less useless, less powerful ones, typically. And then uh, hidden machines are uh, special. Uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm uh, special moves that not only uh, are useful in battle. Uh, some of them more useful than others, but you have to use hidden machines outside in the world to be able to explore obviously there is the hidden machine fly which allows you to uh, fast travel there is cut which allows you to cut bushes in your way surf allows you to surf on water strength allows you to move boulders a very important one that noah we never used flash uh very it lights up dark tunnels but like rock tunnel and Diglett's cave both super dark uh never did that we never we never once for a long time we thought flash was useless yeah, for a long time, we didn't know you could do that. But then even after I found out, it's stupid because you can't get rid of HMs after Pokemon learns them. Because, uh, I probably should talk about this earlier, Pokemon get four moves. And if they want to learn a new one, you have to delete an old one. You can't delete HMs. So if you teach a Pokemon Flash, which in battle is essentially useless, it, it will know Flash until it dies. So... um. That is that is something that sucks about HMs is most of them are not very useful in battle. Surf, one of the best water moves in the game. Awesome. Teach that HM to every water Pokemon you have. But cut, flash, um, uh, I would say I would say strength is better, but still not great. You know, typically most people will have a Pokemon in their party specifically that knows like four HMs that you use for that and never use in battle. It's whatever. Uh, do you get them all through story? Like, are yes. there any missable ones? I think Flash is technically missable, because you can get through the game without it, um, hypothetically. And in uh, it's not in the original first-gen games, because I'm pretty sure it just didn't exist, but Waterfall is an HM that allows you to go up waterfalls that you need to explore the Sevi Islands, but I don't think you need it to like do the story in the Sevi Islands. It's just bonus stuff, and... That one, I think you just find from a random person in a house somewhere, if I can remember, if I remember correctly. And speaking of I houses, remember waterfall. Yeah, 
That's cool. It's not the best in battle, but it's cool to watch your Pokemon go up a waterfall. It is. Uh, speaking of houses, I, don't know, I had a I had a cool I had a cool segue idea, but it just completely escaped my mind. Cities. When you're going through the overworld in uh, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, uh, it's not just routes and you know empty buildings. Uh, there are people in these cities. There are people on these routes uh, aside from trainers that you can just talk to uh, and. Uh, it's it's very much kind of like any um, like open world game where you're kind of yeah you know, they don't say it but it's recommended that you talk to literally everybody uh, because while a fair amount of them do have nothing useful to say uh, just as much uh, give you tips uh, give you anything in Pokemon uh, there are, I I know in Fire and Leaf Green three people at least that you can talk to to uh trade pokemon for you know pokemon that you can't just catch naturally in the wild which is always uh cool and yeah so you know it's recommended you go through the buildings you talk to the people uh you, there is obviously the pokemon center where you heal your pokemon uh also that's where the pc is where any you know you can only carry six pokemon any other pokemon go on the pc you move around your party and stuff uh you also uh can go to the pokemart where you buy potions you buy pokeballs you buy other types of uh goods and that's cities. Noah, I don't know if you had anything to add add to that. No, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, each one is different. You know, yep. we talk about how uh, they're all different, but sometimes you're on a giant boat. Sometimes you're in, like, a, a real city that has skyscrapers. Uh, you know, there's the area with a safari. There's They're just very different-looking biomes. You know, the haunted city. Uh-huh. It's all really cool. Yeah, and no, I... all the people there are designed differently as well. You know, the NPCs and the uh, enemies. Yeah, and the trainers. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Yep. Yeah, and this in Neo Pokemon, your trainers are everything from youngsters to bug catchers to bikers to spirit mediums. Cool times. Anyway, uh, so now, you know, we talk about Pokemon. And obviously one of the best parts of any Pokemon game, uh, something everyone does, uh, catching Pokemon. So uh, during a battle with a wild Pokemon, the player may throw a Pokeball at it. If the Pokemon is successfully caught, it will come under ownership of the player. Uh, you can name it. You can, you know, put it in your party, send it to the PC if you have too many Pokemon. Uh, and yeah, and then you, you know, can train it as your own. Uh Factors, there are multiple factors in the success rate uh, for capturing a Pokemon, including the HP of the target Pokemon and the type of Pokeball used. There's not just Pokeballs. Um, there are Great Balls and Ultra Balls, which are just better types, like be better types of Pokeballs. And in, in first generation, I'm 99% sure that's it. There are different types of balls that are better at catching certain Pokemon or used at certain points in battle later, but... That's not, in first gen, I'm pretty sure it's just the three. Oh, and of course, the Master Ball. Uh, you get one Master Ball in every game, and it automatically catches whatever Pokemon you throw at it. Um, I remember wasting it. Well, it wasn't us. It was uh, our younger brother used it to catch a Fero. Noah, do you remember what a Fero is? Yeah, it's one of the base Pokemon. Uh, it's a weaker Pokemon. Well, yeah, mm. but it's one of the first catch. Uh, <clears throat> Well, uh, in, a, in an evolutionary line. Well, no, it's the last in its evolutionary line. Well, yeah. Spiro evolves into Firo. But I mean, you catch them very early game. Oh, yeah. I think like that one was level 20 or 30 or something. And then uh, I figure this is probably the best time to talk about uh, legendary Pokemon. Right, Noah? I, I don't know if you think there's another place to be. No, we're going to talk about them here. Shut up. I don't know. I know what I'm doing. So uh, legendary Pokemon... Uh, there is only, you know, one of each in, uh, in this game, uh, Fire Red Leaf Green. There are the three birds, uh, Articuno, which is found in the Seafoam Islands, Zapdos, found in the Power Plant, and Moltres. Uh, this is a, a, a different one. Uh, in the original, uh, first generation games, Moltres is found on, in Victory Road. In the remakes, Moltres is found in the Sevi Islands. 
So that is uh, something that is quite different. You cannot as capture bogus as yeah. hell. Yeah, you cannot in in this game. You cannot you're capture... able to use Moltres against the Elite Four. Originally, yes, but not in That's the remake. That's crazy. Yes, and actually, just talking about that, I feel like there's more than just three Sevi Islands, but I have to look that up because I don't remember. Uh, and then, of course, a uh, location that completely did not put with the other locations, uh, Cerulean Cave, uh, located just above Cerulean City, uh, is known for having a, a dangerous high-level Pokemon. In uh, Red and Blue, you cannot go there until after you complete, uh, beat the Elite Four for the first time. In the remake, Fire Red Leaf Green, you also have to clear out the story of the Sevi Islands before you can go before, cave. Yeah, before you can go to the cave. Oh, yeah, uh, there are actually seven Sevi Islands. And you'll never guess what Islands 4 through 7 are called, Noah. I have a pretty solid guess. Okay. But, uh, uh, I don't think it's worth the time. All right. Who is um, in the cave? Oh, it's really in cave is Mewtwo. Uh, obviously, I one of the most famous Pokemon of all time. Everybody knows Mewtwo. Yeah, I mean um, the most recognizable legendary. I I would absolutely either him or Mew, and they're basically the same. So who cares? Agreed. Yeah, and then again, exclusive to Fire Red and Leaf Green, uh, you can catch one of the legendary three beasts. Uh, the three beasts, because um, every I don't want to say every because I can't remember, but most Pokemon. Uh, generations at least i know 100 fact the first three have a trio of legendaries you know uh, in first gen it's the three birds in second gen it is the three beasts uh suicune raiko and entei um how it works in fire red and leaf green is only one of those beasts appears the one that appears is based on whichever starter you choose and i think it's the one that is because each beast is um, uh, uh, water, Suicune, fire, Entei, electric, Raikou. I think it's like if you pick Charmander as your starter, Suicune like appears. The I think it's like are type advantaged against you. That is correct. I, it is either their type advantage or their type uh, weak, but I think it's type advantage. And they're also uh, roaming legends, which roaming legends are incredibly, incredibly annoying. I can't give you the specifics. Uh, because it's something that it, it's not, this isn't the only game to have roaming legends, but they're always annoying. But basically, it's like they randomly will appear in like a patch of grass. I think it's like whenever you fast travel, or even it might even be as simple as whenever you enter or exit a building, it changes their location. So it's very RNG luck based. In our entire history of playing Fire Red and Leaf Green, we only ever encountered one of them once, and that was Suicune. And we did catch it. We used our Master Ball on that. That was when you, uh, what was it, borrowed indefinitely uh, Abiel's copy of Fire Red. That was a good Master Ball. He would have appreciated it. He would have appreciated it. I think, yeah, he would have. Because that, if you're playing Fire Red and Leaf Green, if, if you don't know, that's the um, typical uh, recommendation is on... The three birds in Mewtwo, you use Ultra and Great Balls till you catch them, and then save that Master Ball for that beast, because uh, in addition to being Roaming Legends, it can just run from you. There are not a lot of wild Pokemon that can just run from you. That's a more rare thing. Uh, whichever beast you run into can run from you, and if it does, I don't know if it's that its location is just reset, or if you can never catch it again. I don't know which of those two it is, so if you're playing this game, save your Master Ball for that guy. They might as well be the same option. Yes, because finding it again is pretty much hopeless. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a pain. Even I remember it's the greatest thing ever. How we even found Suicune uh, in that playthrough. That actually, I think I still have that copy of Fire Red where we have it. I th I think it's still saved. Uh, I think I still have that. Where when you get where we caught Mewtwo in Cerulean Cave, we walked out of Cerulean Cave. We walked right five steps into a patch of grass, and Suicune appeared. And we were freaking out. We could not believe it. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, one of our best gaming stories ever. See, Pokemon just... This generation will always be one of my favorites. Absolutely. Absolutely. Noah, why don't you talk about uh, exclusive version Pokemon? Okay, so it's a staple in every Pokemon game. 
as they have like multiple different versions in here, they're Fire Red and Leaf Green, right? There's two kind of separate games. And uh, there are specific Pokemon only available in each version, requiring you to have both versions of the game or friends to be able to get every Pokemon, right? Because yes. certain Pokemon are unavailable in your game, so yeah. you would have and, to find a workaround for that. Yeah, and with first gen, it's it's probably the worst because in first gen, the only difference between the two games are a few random wild Pokemon in certain areas. Um, that being true for red and blue and fire red, leaf green. In second gen onwards, they at least have a legendary that is exclusive to each version, which I guess it and it. it also, because of that, the because typically, also um, starting in third gen, the legendary Pokemon play a part in the story. So eventually, as you get further along, there is actually more of a difference to the generation story-wise and with the legends. But in red, blue, fire, red, leaf, green, it's literally like six Pokemon that you can only get in one specific version. You know. It does get pretty convoluted down the line, though, you're it right. It does, down the line, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, uh, speaking of having friends, uh, connecting with friends, this, again, ever since Generation 1 has been a thing that you can do and are encouraged to do, on the Fire Red Leaf Green 3rd Gen games released on the Game Boy Advance, uh, you can connect to other players using a link cable, uh, and there is also a link cable that connects to a GameCube, which is how you trade with someone on Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon XD. And there's also uh, like wireless versions. Like we, when we were younger, had a friend who had wireless uh, adapters that you would plug in the back of each console and can connect to each other wirelessly. And you can battle other people and you can trade with them. And again, this is necessary to collect all Pokemon. You cannot, if you were by yourself, just playing Fire Red or Leaf Green, it is literally, without cheating, 100% impossible to do. Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. Um, no, what do you but want to talk about? Easier down the line. Yes. Um, yeah, because now, talk about, oh, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say now, you know, you can just use Wi-Fi and connect that way. It's easier to find just random people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, another huge facet of Pokemon is the evolution, right? Uh, <laughs> Jane says the best part of Pokemon probably. Uh, Pokemon evolve in a variety of ways, including leveling up, trading giving items such as evolution stones, right? So, yep. most evolve by leveling up. Um, it is the most traditional way, and every so often, uh, your Pokemon will evolve. So, it basically, like, grows and transforms into, like, a more mature version of what it is, and it's usually bigger and more, you know, tough-looking, I guess. And, uh, the amount of evolutions vary, but uh, they usually go from anywhere from one to one to three evolutions. And then there's a character. Is there only one that has many single evolutions that are just options? Uh, are you referring to Eevee? Yeah. Um, Eevee is the only Pokemon like that. There are other Pokemon that can evolve into like not in first gen but in in other gens you do have other pokemon that can evolve to multiple branching pathways but never more than two different options whereas ev currently has eight um and yeah never more than two options yeah ev does stand apart as a really unique pokemon yeah. and i mean Eevee's there since gen one impressive yeah very very cool yeah, but evolution is probably the best part of Pokemon. I mean, yep. the whole, to me, the whole point of the game is seeing those Pokemon grow and become really cool looking. No, you're correct. After all that hard yep. work we did yep. together yep. as a team. And it even, like, as of, you know, Generation, I think, 8 is the newest one, um, there are a lot of different ways to evolve Pokemon, and there are even, like, some Pokemon that, have very, very, very specific criteria you have to hit to evolve. But in first gen, it was just the three. Uh, uh, leveling up, evolution stones, and, of course, something that is really cool, been there since the beginning, trading. There are some Pokemon that you literally have to trade to evolve. Uh, I think that is a really cool way to, again, require you to have either a second copy of the game and a second Game Boy and a second, you know, and a, and a Link Cable. 
uh, or have friends, uh, you know, in incentivize that because there are. Yeah, I think they would officially say it was for friends. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, since the beginning, they have incent they have incentivized that with trade evolutions, which you know, cool. Yeah, that was really hard back then, so kind of a dick move. But today, it's a nice thing. Yeah, again, today with Wi-Fi, it's way, way easier, you know. Yeah, I mean, I love – the last Pokemon I played was um, Pokemon X, and trading in that was just ridiculously easy. You know, I'd never oh, yeah. experienced something like that, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The games yep. evolve. Boom. Anyway, uh, obviously, uh, this is kind of rare – uh, for our podcast, but being a Nintendo game, there are no trophies in Pokemon, um, unfortunately, so uh, we can't talk about trophies this episode. I know you're very yeah, upset about that. super unfortunate. Hey, here, if you want a little trophy side bit, I recently hit 8,000 total trophies. I was looking for the section where I asked, and I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> What's and your that, favorite moment? <laughs> and that is the notable <laughs> trophies section of Pokemon. <laughs> My favorite moment, Noah, is the Giovanni reveal. As I said earlier, um, just one of the coolest, most shocking reveals in gaming history. It was really, really cool. It was the Team Rocket guy. Who knew? Who knew? Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a lazy gym leader. Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, yeah, that, that does add <laughs> to it. it says, Viridian... They just say the gym leader's not there, right? Yeah, because Viridian City. To the next town. Yeah, Viridian City is literally the first city you go to that is at pallet town and you know there's a guy standing outside the gym he's like yeah gym leader's gone you know he just kind of disappeared who knows what's going on <laughs> with that guy and then you play through hours and hours of pokemon and eventually get back and someone's like hey the gym leader's returned and you go and oh my god it's him anyway uh noah who's your favorite gym leader or elite four. You didn't even ask my favorite moment. Oh, I'm so sorry. I I just thought you agreed with Giovanni. Noah, what's your favorite moment? I did not agree. My favorite moment is always facing the Elite Four. Oh. It's the Elite Four is one of the most gruesome in-game segments I you know I can think mm -hmm. of. Yep, you have to fight them all in a row, can't heal. Aside from healing items you have, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I honestly thought you were going to say choosing your starter. Oh, that's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. But the starters are always the same formula, and I wish they would branch out more. Like, when I really got into Pokemon, I would play randomizers, and my favorite part was having random starters. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, anyway, uh, Noah, favorite gym leader and or Elite Four member? Um... I mean, I mean, I guess I'll be basic and say my uh, favorite Elite Four member is Lance just because he has all the dragon types. Yeah, really And cool. up until you face him, you really don't see dragon types a lot. Uh, I mean, I would counter, you never see them. Well, that's what I mean. Because uh, in, in first gen, the only dragon type Pokemon are Dratini, Dragonair, and Dragonite. That's the only, the only those are the only three. Uh, and it's, you know, one evolution line. And... Because um, even like Lance the Dragon Master has two Pokemon that aren't Dragon types, because I think he has two Gyarados. But That's anyway, crazy. yeah. Anyway, you can only find them in the Safari Zone, and so especially if you're someone who, and I think even you have to like fish in the Safari Zone to find them, like a, a Dratini or a Dragonair. So yeah, they're in the water. Yeah. So especially like you got to go out of your way to find them. So this very much you could play this entire game not knowing Dragon type Pokemon exist, and all of a sudden you're fighting a guy with dragons. It's pretty cool. I agree with you. Yeah, and that's how I played it. Also, I want to add on. This is where I'll talk about this. Um, favorite moments. Uh, my favorite moment is the first time when we were kids that I beat this game, you know, really young. And I did not, we didn't really understand how you should play Pokemon. Uh, one, we didn't really understand type types that well. Um, at least I'm, I'm referring to myself here. I don't know about you. Where, like, I knew, well, basically, to start off, uh, always pick Squirtle as the starter. And always only used Squirtle. Never used any other Pokemon. Uh, there's a word for that. I was going to say I have done a solo run with Squirtle. Yeah, there, there's like a word for that. Well, like with that I mean of, Blastoise. Like, like yeah. a type of challenge, yeah. And like I remember always struggling with the Elite Four because obviously you face your rival who has uh, the grass-type starter Venusaur uh, with Solar Beam that could just wreck you no matter how like i would go in there with like a level 80 blast stories because that's the only pokemon i used the whole game 
And type, the only thing I really knew about type coverage was I knew not even types, but just Pokemon that Blastoise's moves were good against. You know, like I knew that, you know, water type moves were good against Onyx, but I you know didn't understand type. I knew that dark type moves like Bite was good against the psychic type gym leader. So I would keep Bite for that gym leader. But again, not putting type to it. It was just like, oh, Alakazam, use Bite and it hurts Alakazam, you know. Uh, and I knew obviously that Grass was good against Blastoise. Um, and I remember the first time I beat that, because over and over again, I would try, I would have four restores, I would try and try and not even with like 20 levels over leveled, not be able to beat that Venusaur with my Blastoise. And I remember at, I had caught Zapdos and maybe Articuno, but I think just Zapdos for just like to have a Pokemon that was at least somewhat able to fall back on in the Elite Four because the rest of my Pokemon were the level I caught them at. And Zapdos, you can catch at level 50. And so then with my. In my desperation, I switched out to Zapdos because that was the only other Pokemon I had that was even close to being on the same level as Blue's Venusaur. And the Zapdos honestly sucks in Fire Red and Leaf Green because his moveset, when you catch him, the only attack move he has is Drill Peck, which is, you know, a flying type move. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I remember him being like, horrible yeah that's the only move he has that does actual damage so because that was the only move that did any damage i just used drill peck and that is when i learned that flying type moves are super effective on grass types and i will never forget that because of that that moment and that's how i beat pokemon leaf green for the first time was using that zapdos to take down his venusaur and then using my level 80 blastoise to i just can't believe you broke your solo run I didn't even. Oh, I didn't know what that was. To me, I know, I, I, I know, just, yeah. I know. I get you. Yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah, because I did it just because I love Blastoise, and I was like, I want to beat the game with just Blastoise. Well, that's like, because I mean, when you do that, you know, because I didn't know like about grinding, about fighting, you know, just yeah, fighting but I know Pokemon exactly over and over what you again. Mean about how hard to level that up your party because it sets you up to yeah. lose if you just use your starter. <laughs> In first gen specifically, in every other gen, you know, the champion is a random guy with, you know, random Pokemon. But this one, it specifically is a person who... Yeah, but I like that. Can Yeah, no, it, it's cool. It's just, I would say first gen is probably the hardest generation to run through with your starter because literally the champion, his highest level Pokemon, is specifically designed to kill your starter. Anyway, favorite moment. That's it. Uh, anyway, favorite gym leader, Elite Four. My favorite gym leader, Koga. One, I like his name. It's a cool name. Two, he's a ninja. Three, his gym has invisible walls, and that's cool. Four, he uses poison type, which I don't know why. I've always just loved poison type. I think there's just something so sinister about, like, like I like poison types. I like dark types. Like, those are probably my, like, poison, dark, and ghost are probably my three favorite Pokemon types. And because like I just love them, they're just so cool. And yeah, that's it. I love I love those. I love those. Uh, love his poison type, Jim. Interesting. Oh, and then favorite elite four member, Agatha. She uses ghost type. Also, I love her because she is old and sassy, and she knew Professor Oak like they were childhood friends or rivals or whatever. And she just like before you battle her, just like just just talks about what an idiot he is. And I just I just love it. She's awesome. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, what we didn't like about the game. Um, we had kind of mentioned it before. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I didn't say necessarily that I didn't like it, but uh, the fact that you cannot complete the Pokedex without uh, owning, without, you know, trading with friends, multiple copies of the game, whatever. Uh, even having friends readily available, I just think it's stupid. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I did not like the Sevi Island edition. Uh, I, I know I, I said I wanted story after the Elite Four, but it was pretty bland. And yeah. I remember feeling like it was, like, really grindy at that point. Like, I wanted mm -hmm. Mewtwo, and you had to go to the islands first and complete the quest there. It's just a, a lot of hoopla. No, I can absolutely agree with you. I remember even as a kid not knowing that these were remakes and that that wasn't initially in the game, feeling like it was very weird and out of place. Um, and, I yeah, I just did not care for it, even even back then. So, of course... This being Pokemon, it is extremely replayable. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've played through this game a lot and a lot and a lot. And, you know, I would gladly play through Pokemon any day. Right. Many people have, right? Final thoughts. It's Pokemon, man. It's it's great. I think, obviously, if you want to play first-generation Pokemon, I say you have to play the remakes versus over the... um over the actual first-gen games because, one, it's just a lot easier to get them. Two, the first-gen games are slow. They're really... Like, I have gone back and played them, and they're very annoyingly slow. And, again, like, the extra stuff you don't have to do if you don't want to, uh, like the Sevi Islands. So, yeah, I think just uh, awesome, awesome remake. You know, if you want a good... If you want, like, you, this is the true first-gen experience if you play this game. Yeah, it's definitely better than playing the originals now, right? And these old ones can be played on PC pretty easily with emulators. Yes. So that's Pokemon. Fire Red and Leaf Green. Right. No, you pick the game. Introduce it. What are you doing? Oh. So anyway, we're going to go to the indie bit. The bit where we talk about indie games. Yay! Today, we're talking about A Way Out. So... A Way Out is a game that is um, co-op required, right? It's a very unique uh, system of gameplay in today's day and age, honestly. Uh, Jaden and I played this together the first time we played it. You play as uh, two, I would say, middle-aged-ish men who begin in prison and devise a strategy to break out together uh, begrudgingly. And so the gameplay is each of you takes the role of one of the two characters. And as you go along, the screen is split and it moves dynamically. It changes uh, basically how it looks all the time. And you can see what uh, the other person is doing simultaneously. Um, you can do separate things in different environments, uh, but mostly you're doing things together there's timing-based actions, a lot of very unique co-op uh, gameplay aspects. Uh, I don't know how deeply we want to talk about the story. It's kind of like spoiler territory. The story, the story is kind of a lot of the game. So what do you think? I think what you said is fine. You're playing as two dudes breaking out of prison, uh, trying to get revenge on the guy who put both of you in prison. Right. In separate instances. Yes. Noah, did you like A Way Out? I did. Um, I loved this game. Um, it wasn't too long. Uh, the mechanics in these type of games can be a little iffy sometimes, but I found this one to be, for the most part, pretty good. I remember there was one section where uh, we were tossing, one of us was tossing a baseball, right? And we would take turns trying to swing. And it was really hard to hit the ball because the timing in the game and whatnot. Uh, there are, later in the game, there's actually shooting sections and, you know, very action-oriented sequences. And those do feel like a little muggy, but for the most part, they're good too. Uh, I thought the gameplay was clean. The story was really nicely done. Like, I was not expecting it to be as good as it was at all. And it was extremely emotional. I see. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. I, I honestly feel like I probably didn't like it as much as uh, you did. I felt like the story, while overall I liked it, I feel like it became a bit much for what I wanted. Like, I went into this game thinking it was all about a prison break, which is, I was like, I was like, oh man, I love that. Prison break? That sounds awesome. But I mean, really, you, you know, break out of prison, let like a quarter through the game, maybe a little bit farther than that. It's actually a surprisingly, sm for a game called A Way Out, and you're trying to find a way out of prison, very small part of the game. I completely agree with that. Also, when you're typically, because most gameplay sections, you're like in an open area exploring, trying to, you know, solve puzzles, whatever. Um, you can also do literally whatever you want. Like so many things are interactable, allowing you to do random stuff that I feel like it, it, it's for how serious the story is and how serious the situation is. It takes away from it for me a bit. When you're on the run, you break into this like farm home and 
you're trying to, you know, find like a vehicle, get a truck started, but you can climb a tower. You can watch TV. You can start a fire. You can cook bacon. You can open the fridge and take a drink. You can play piano and banjo together. Like (laughs) it's, it was a great time. It was like a cabin weekend getaway. And then we stole their trucks. Yeah. Like it was fun as we were playing through it, just doing stuff like that. But in terms of like the story, it really takes away from it for me because it's like, given the situation, what, why are we doing this? You know? And I also have to comment, you know, you mentioned you do get guns and play through what might be the worst third person shooter I have ever played. I did say it was muggy. Yeah. Very much. You know, the game is not a third person shooter at heart. It felt to me very tacked on. And again, like, it's not good gameplay. The aiming, the actual, like, you know, shooting people is just super weird and not great. Doesn't feel great. And again, it's like, so for a game that, for a decent amount of it, especially at the beginning to me, was coming across as very realistic and cool, just went super cheesy action for, like, what? You know, I agree like, with that. Yeah. Again, it's at the beginning of the game, you're playing as two dudes in prison who are just two dudes. Like, you're just two dudes. You're not action heroes. You're not whatever. But then by the end of the game, man, are you action heroes? Again, just kind of took, took the took problem away from is you're right. At the beginning, it's realistic. And by the end, it's a video game because you're two individuals taking down a mafia, you know, a army single-handedly yeah literally and the fact that they're wearing bulletproof vests does not save face yeah to me it's yeah that's something that as much as again i love the overall story i love the end and and all that happened like everything that it builds up to in the end is the drama is good yeah but just that action is bad yeah also i have to be honest i don't typically like bashing on voice actors or performers in a game because i'm not a professional in any way and i'm sure that anyone in any game we've ever talked about any performer it, it did a better job than i probably could but leo uh the main character one of the main characters you know he, he is a, a, a italian american uh he is literally played um both like in like mocapping and voice acted by the director of the game's brother i'm 90 percent sure it's literally his brother and sometimes his performance very much comes across as he's a guy's brother and not an actor. Um, that is so funny. Yeah, it's um, like, again, I don't want to bash it. it it's just some of... Did you of, bet that at all? Did you check? Who is it? Oh, right uh, now? No, 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 no. Oh. I was just curious. I, it was when we played the game. I remember, oh. like, they had the same last name, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's just his brother. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, no, that's that's his brother. Okay. Yeah, and... Even the guy, Vincent, the other main character, even the guy who plays him, just sometimes their deliveries, they're just so awkward feeling and just not, like, just not perform well that I'm like, I, I don't know what's to blame for it. But again, it's something that for as serious as the game is trying to be really takes me out of it sometimes. That's true. I mean, we don't mean to diminish anybody's work. It's, yeah. you know, we just want to give honest critiques, right? Like, yeah. we want games to be as good as they can possibly be. Yeah. And the and, only way to do so is to call the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like, I would say 70% of the time it's fine, but just at least once per conversation, there's a delivery of a line that I just stop and think, uh, may, maybe do a few more takes of that one. That that was a little weird. Uh. Anyway, that's it. Overall, it is a great game. It is the last game uh, as of now that we actually uh, cooperatively played through together. The last game we completed, we're currently playing through things. <laughs> that's what I meant. Like, Which you can see now, on our YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh... wink, wink, wink. Um, it is the last game that we completed together currently. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I like it. Overall, I would recommend it to like anyone who wanted to play. I think anyone can play this game and have a fun time. And again, I would say the end is absolutely worth it, and, and, and no matter what. Another issue, I mean, I understand it's the way the game is, but uh, requiring co-op, you know, needing somebody else can be difficult for some yeah. people, I think. Now, it was really annoying for me 
trying to get all the trophies in the game because my co-op partner didn't want to do that. So I literally had to play through with two controllers uh, to get some of the trophies, which is annoying. I will say. Imagine grinding for somebody else's platinum trophy. I mean, you could have gotten it too. No, no, I've definitely grinded for your platinum trophies many times. Absolutely. Injustice. They're the best. It's the best. I just love when I am like, all right, gonna call Noah to ask him to help me with this trophy. Let's let's hope it goes well. How many stupid random games have I downloaded to co-op or be an online dummy in? Uh, a lot. I mean, even games that you've had to physically come over to my house to play. That is true. Uh, we are. We do have a long history of rock bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We. We'll, uh, yes. Yeah. You, are we ever going to talk about <laughs> any of the Guitar Heroes rock bands? I don't know. I never we thought could. about that. Yeah. We could. We could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Anyway, uh, the next indie bit game, Noah. I'm sure you'll love this one. It's the return of a classic. We're finally talking about it. Parappa the Rapper 2. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, we talked, uh, for any you know, long-time Super Gamer Bros podcast listeners, we talked about Parappa the Rapper, a PlayStation 1 classic. Year, not years, I don't know why I said I, I, It might have been a year ago at this point, but it was one of our earlier indie bits. And I remember we were going to do the sequel at one point, like, months ago. But Noah had guessed that's what I was going to pick before I said it out loud, so I changed it at the last minute. And now we are actually doing it. Um, Noah, I know you were not a fan of the first game. I don't know if you'll be a fan of the second, but I can promise you the second is way, way better. Okay. I mean, you know, I try to approach every indie bit with an open mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Try. Anyway, uh, don't forget. So I, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add there. No, you're good. Yeah, anyway, don't forget, uh, new episodes every other Monday. Uh, Rate and subscribe. Uh, Tell us if you like our show, or tell us if you don't, and tell us why. Uh, Tell your friends and enemies about the podcast. Uh, You can follow our Instagram, uh, the Super Gamer Bros, for updates on anything we do. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Super Gamer Bros. Uh, One word, capital S, capital G, capital B, period at the end. Uh, where we upload videos at least every Friday, or try to. Uh, in the last two weeks, uh, we uploaded, actually, we uh, did a reaction to the Nightwing and Red Hood gameplay reveal uh, trailer spot uh, for Gotham Knights. Uh, admittedly, spoiler alert. Um, Rude. I'm going to edit that out, because that's why would they watch the video? I just ruined it. And uh, most recent, just uploaded this past Friday, part three of our playthrough of the Legend of Korra video game. You can't buy it. You can't download it. Watch our playthrough instead. Uh, We're almost done with it. Thank God, because playing through that game is a lot more of a struggle than I thought it would be. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next game. Bye.